Woods of Terror is entering their 32nd year. That's coming up on today's show. From the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip, and this is our 61-day Hauntathon, where we're counting down to Halloween by celebrating haunted houses daily via videos, podcasts, and VIP in-person experiences. Since this podcast is only one part of our Hauntathon this year, the best way to follow everything is by subscribing to our newsletter or by checking the updates on our website at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. Remember that the best way you can support us this season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. Woods of Terror in Greensboro, North Carolina, is celebrating their 32nd year this season, and I sat down in person with Eddie McLaurin to learn all about it and about his history leading up to this monumentous year. So here's Eddie and I at his office in person at Woods of Terror in North Carolina. I'm Eddie McLaurin, owner-operator of the Woods of Terror. We're going into our, or we're actually doing it now, our 32nd year. So Woods of Terror is obviously in the woods. We're located in North Carolina in the deep woods in the south, and it is a linear show, so you would come into the midway, and this year we're pushing 17 attractions, and you would be going through those linear show. It takes right at 55 minutes to an hour to go through it, and that's it. Yeah. I can verify it does take that long. <laughs> I literally timed it, right. <laughs> so it's exactly that long. And we were not... Um, you know, we, we were not running. I mean, you know, we, I mean, we, some places we were running. The yeah. chainsaws, yeah. you know, the, the girls were, were kind of like, oh, chainsaws were. Um, but tell me, to me, I think, you know, really the midway stands out, the actors stand out, you know, the parade, all of the excitement that the team has. And, you know, I think you have a diversity in actors too. You know, it's not just kids. It's not just older actors. You know, it's a great, and there's a lot of them. Yeah. And it's all the parade. So, tell, you know, tell me about your, your midway and your opening ceremony and, and why that's so important. All right. Well, I guess. It's an HR representative. Uh, mm -hmm. I guess pushing about 25 years ago, I'd, I thought in my mind and my image was in my mind would be like somebody's hitting the power on a power box, a show lights come on. And what, what could I do to make, to let everybody know, hey man, not only you, what's it there, the show is open. So I thought about it. Um, I've always been a patriotic guy. I've always been in sports. I thought, man, you know, I want to bring them in. I want to sing the national anthem. And uh, so we parade the monsters in. I think tonight it was 122 of them. Parade them in, letting them know, like, I don't know how, if you know how many actors are here, but we're showing them to you. So they definitely come out with, we got some great makeup artists and the costumes. And it just goes on and on. So once they come in here, you know, I say, who are we? Uh, Woods of Terror. And I say, pick a victim. And man, these actors pick somebody and everybody scatters and, and they know the show is open. So we do the national anthem and then we do a couple songs and uh, the actors parade out. And we come back here in the back and it's like a like another sports thing. We get together and we get in the huddle and man, we get them fired up. And we definitely do have a diverse crowd, young, old. I got some... Uh, older actors are incredible and i got some young actors uh these gen z's are coming in but they're mm -hmm. full of energy i've got some very committed actors and this could be the best show that the best actors we've had in uh, probably the last five years so it's yeah. just our second night open so i think we're well on the way yeah you know tell me a little bit more about uh when you said the connections with like sports and with that because it strikes me that um you know some shows the actors kind of just, you know, that they're, they're there to be creepy or some shows are theatrical, you know, like they're, they have lines or they're, they're performing a monologue. It strikes me that here, the midway, everything's high energy. Yeah. You know, the, the midway actors are fantastic. They have, they have snakes and they're going up, they're high energy. 
I mean, they're just popping out. I remember the clown areas, people are like jumping up and down. I mean, it's like, you know, we know that's, I guess, uh, you know, do you see a connection between that? Like, are you trying to, to make it a, f- a physical experience like that? Yeah, we definitely do. I mean, we want to get as close to, I guess, a touch haunt as we can. Of course, mm-hmm. we're not a touch haunt, but I am definitely a, a, an actor-driven haunt. I don't have a lot of animatronics. Well, I do have more than I used to, but I want it to be about the actors. I don't think animatronics mm-hmm. can scare people as good as my actors. And we definitely have some good leaders here. Um, Six-footers one. He, he gets the hype circle going. And I, I want it to be high energy. And I, I, I know the sets look good, but... Um, you know, we got to scare them. So startle scares, high energy scares. And that's what we train. That's the culture we're trying to train here. And I think that you can see as my, my leaders have trained that in. So we have it throughout the woods. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. And um, let's give the context of the, the spaces. Uh, it's a quite a long linear walkthrough. Uh, tell me uh, a little bit about the, the zones or, or what you've added for this year. Okay. Well, after you leave, leave the midway, you'll go through the Phobia House, and the Phobia House has changed over the years. Um, it used to be a really dark maze, pitch dark. This year, we added a lot more decoration in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did have a cornfield for years, but these hurricanes coming up the coast tear that corn all to pieces, mm-hmm. so I put all my cornfield stuff in the woods, and this year, that was brand new called Jack's Revenge. Mm-hmm. Very... Um, pumpkin driven with jack is taking his revenge on the kids that took all the candy so then we go into hardwired which is the best way i know to describe it as a 1980s like terminator robot attraction so then you go into the fun house and uh obviously that's where the clowns are Mm -hmm. so next we had our vampire house was there for 16 years we tore that out and now that is stranger things Mm -hmm. so that's vecna's house and then we go into the mortuary. So we've had a graveyard for years, but um, we put in a huge building there, put in a mortuary, uh, church, and bombing room, incinerator room, uh, really one of our best sets. Mm-hmm. And um, then we go into Harwood Cinemas. After a lot of exit polling survey, everybody wants to see Jason and Freddie, and they all want to see all the icons. So I said, okay, I'll give it to them. Um, it's crazy. I spend the least amount of time in that attraction, and people love it. So after that, we have the... Pirate's Cove, and that leads into the Calypso, a treehouse that um, I built a couple years ago. Really great, probably 20,000 objects in that house. And then you'll go into the cave, or the miner's cave, and um, then you lead into the Texas house, and then we have Purge, and that is my stepchild attraction. Hmm. And uh, But high-energy actors make that set really good. And then we have sensory overload, which is back to a dark maze with some shock pads. We try to shock them a little bit. Leads you right into the asylum. And then after the asylum, we put a new attraction called the scrubber. So we sent them through a bus full of foam. And the older people definitely don't want to do it. So we made a pass by, but the kids love it and go through the foam. And that's the 55-minute show. Yeah. That's a, that last section is, is just hilarious, yeah. you know, um, especially when you're just going through a school bus and it's, again, I, I like, I like always when people play with elevation. So you're like crouching to get into the bus and you get into the bus and they're just completely surrounded by bubbles and soap. Like, uh, it's, it strikes me. It's such a, it's, it's a, such a wide range of themes on here. You know, when you're looking at a theme, what, what are you looking for? And, uh, you know, like like the bubbles like how, how did you how did you get to the the scrubber 
Well, you know, we're always looking. You know, in my mind, I want my ride, my show to be a roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. I can't scare them out of their mind for 10 attractions. It's too hardcore. So we try to scare them a little bit. We get to the fun house. Maybe it's funny for others, and maybe they're screaming because they hate clowns. But I also look at that. I want that 35-year-old male to come in here and say, well, you know, I didn't get scared that much, but man, the sets were amazing, and I was definitely entertained watching the kids laugh and scream and go through the bubbles. And I have a lot of older males seek me out in the midway and say, ain't you the owner? I said, yes. And they said, man, we just want to tell you the craftsmanship was amazing. So I'm looking to go from, you know, the fun house where to the pirates, where you go to Vecna's house, where you go totally to Purge. It's a totally different theme. I'm trying to theme it totally different in each attraction. Because after to entertain somebody for 55 minutes in today's world is a little bit of a challenge. So if after 10 minutes, you've kind of lost their mind. So so that's why my, I do have a lot of attractions and they're short. So about the time they think, oh, I'm getting, they don't even get a chance to say, oh, I'm bored. They're right into another attraction. And each attraction obviously has its own sets, its own costumes, its own scents, um, and everything like that. So I think it makes for a good experience. Yeah. 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 I just, well, obviously I just went through it. So it's just, even as you say it, you know, there's things I forgot about because it's so much, you know, it's, it's a a big ball of experience. Um, and also of course you're in the experience. I think you, you lead the, the midway, the, the monsters show that comes out. Talk to me about, I know you've been doing that for a while. Talk to me about that. Well, I, uh, I'm married a second time and last time, um, to my beautiful wife, but, um, I was married one time, went out to Vegas, got home and I said, I miss you like crazy. She did. I didn't miss you at all. I'm moving out. So I had been trying hard. I was going into my 15th year, I think. And this was the year that I started working for myself. And I said, man, my wife left. I'm going to cut a mohawk. I'm going to get a snake. And I'm going to walk around the midway and I'm going to take pictures. It was all a joke. And next season, I go to Myrtle Beach Bike Week. I seen my bone jacket. And the next thing you know, Bone Daddy was uh, born. People were calling me Bone Daddy. So I don't know how many years now I've been doing that, 16, 17, but um, it's really turned into something amazing. I used to have to help a lot with the maintenance and all that, but I've got the best maintenance man I ever had, Devin Seiler, and he has given me the freedom to do what I do, to be Bone Daddy and to interact with the people, which is really great to take that earpiece out and not listen Mm -hmm. to all the drama going on or everything breaking. So I go out there and interact with the crowd. So it's really got something that I really look forward to seeing the people year after year or 20 years ago, meeting a kid that was 20 coming back now with his 12 year old son. And that's really amazing. That's really makes me happy to see these people coming back or they'll pull out their phone and show me a picture from eight years ago where they took a picture. This is actually my second snake. Uh, Dawn was the first one. Spawn is the second one. And they'll actually show me a picture with Dawn and say, man, I was here 10 years ago. Um, something that started happening over the last couple of years is, man, we've been here seven years in a row, eight years in a row, 10 years in a row, really just amazed. And, you know, my biggest question always is, was it better than last year? And they're like, oh, yes, by far. So I'm wondering when we're going to reach the peak, but I, I, I don't think we're going to reach the peak for at least five more years. We're still going up. Yeah. I find it fascinating uh, that you are in the show and for the reasons you just said, because so many you know, I know I go to haunts all over and so many owners, you know, it's, it's like, um, you know, generally it's like haunters are, they build the mousetrap or they want to be the actor. And it seems like most of the owners are in the first camp where they, they're, they're the builders. I mean, everything falls on them, right? They have 
the buck stops with them. Yeah. So it's like they can't enjoy themselves almost, right? Yeah. So there. yeah. So and I, I I I like this because you know I think uh, sometimes maybe we like we forget why we become haunters or you know it it's a, it can be a lot. Yeah. 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 I think that um, you know what it was funny. Um, it's probably been sixteen years. Somebody said, "Hey, we want some pictures." Uh, I think it was Haunted Attraction magazine. And I sent some pictures in of all my sets and stuff. And they said, no, we want pictures of you. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I had a normal haircut. And I said, okay, I put on a suit and tie. I took some pictures with some zombies. But um, now the Bone Daddy look is what I think they were really looking for. So it all happened by chance. But um, when Devin came in, I was able to step away from that probably five years now. I don't wear radios, don't wear earpieces. Mm-hmm. And really, I work all year to have 22 nights of fun. Yeah. And... Um, to be the owner, and I know some guys are doing this, working all year and then for 22 nights living through the hell being open. It's, and for me, it's my favorite time because I get to see the people, meet the people. Um, you know, we sing songs with the band. And it's really, that's what's really energized me even more for people to come through and tell me how much they enjoyed it, how far they drove. Um, actually, tonight I was putting the snake up. One of the guest actors came and got me and said, Eddie, you got to come back in. These people drove three hours to come see your show. And... Um, so I'm like, okay, I'll go back out. So, you know, them wanting to take a picture with me is is really the fun part. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, like that. And then that's really well said. I think a, I remember Alan Hop said something similar, where you know, if he's like, if if you have a well managed show with delegation, yeah. then it's no different than any other day because it should run. You know, spend you spend the whole year preparing yeah. for those days where you can enjoy it. Yeah, and and, and actually, we've spent. Um, a lot of time over the last two years making the show, you know, it ain't, it ain't never going to be maintenance free, but I do a ton of stuff in the off season to make it where I, I know that I won't have to stop what I'm doing. Um, you know, vortex motor, we got two motors, we got double everything, but yeah, we, we, we've worked on it and it's, it was a process, but Devin's a great maintenance man and us working on the off season on things that are the biggest problems have made it smoother and easier for me to be bone daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I want to go down that vein a little bit because 32 years, yeah. it, it's a while. Where do you see the haunt developing? You know, I mean, you, you said it earlier, you kind of were like, well, we're hoping each year is better than the last. But, you know, I mean, I mean, I, audiences these days, you know, wh- what is horror? And, I, I, you know, I, I like that you're leaning more in personally, I like that you're leaning more into entertainment because I yeah. think that there's a ceiling and how much you can freak people out. Yeah. You know, but uh, you've been doing this for so long. And now that you're delegating, where do you see the show evolving? You know, like you definitely when you lead to, I guess they call it the IP, the Stranger Things. You know, that was a big move for me. That's something 10 years ago I would have never did. But what I find amazing about that show is that people will not let their 10, 11 and 12 and 13 year olds watch um, Insidious or Conjuring. But they will let them watch Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, I can reach out to another whole group of people, enthusiasts, and check this and come in and see Stranger Things and just be blown away. Something that, you know, maybe maybe I'm a year late on that, but I think um, there's a writer's strike, so I think they're going to back that up a little bit. But, you know, they got, they're got they saying the last season is going to be two seasons, I think, broken to two maybe. But, you know, I probably got three or four years for Stranger Things that will really play out over the next couple of years. But... um Doing that and, and into the future, um, I hired a new set designer, Ron Visengard, amazing. Um, hopefully he'll be here a couple more years. He's a rising star. I don't know that I can keep him here forever. Hmm. But um, we've already got plans for 
three new things next year, uh, a total tear out on one and a total replacement on one. And I think that this attraction will be bigger and better than the mortuary or stranger things. So, um, right now I've got three, four years laid out ahead of me. And, um, but you know, I think that I'll probably always try to keep attraction tied into pop culture. I call the, the stranger things a pop culture thing, but keep people tied in. And then of course we're going to throw in stuff like mortuary in the cave. That's totally haunted house, totally scare. So I think that's where we're headed. Mm -hmm. So it's so basically you're you're thinking entertainment is evolving in a way where you know you're going to keep the idea of heavy actor and and heavy you know high energy and and just keep an eye on the IPs that are evolving out there. Yeah, you know, um, um, I've got one um, costume this year from Alan Hobbs that was the uh, clickers from Last of Us, mm -hmm. so we got that out there. And I think that you know it's crazy. Um, the, the movies used to be awesome. I mean, me and you, younger man, go to the movies, man, that was part of it. Now they're not making good movies. They're not making a lot of movies, and you can buy them on Netflix. But now, I think for everybody, it doesn't matter who your haunted house is. The haunted house industry is going to continue to grow. It's entertainment that is live, that you have yeah. to be here. And, man, that stuff is going to yeah. go through the ceiling. Like, you know, I think there's some guys out there trying to do this where you can log on to a game and go through a haunted house. Well, that kind of defeats the purpose and, and you know and I, i'm all for that but these people getting out of their seats getting in a car taking an experience and you know COVID is probably driving that a little bit in that we, you know we were on lockdown and our, our lives were really affected by that and hey you better get out and enjoy life so i think with the entertainment and of course i will always try to keep three or four original attractions that or um, something I thought up or ever came up with, but mixing the entertainment with the, uh, the the IP stuff and the original stuff and the quality sets and the actors that I'm going to always want to be an actor-driven haunt, I think will keep us rising to the top. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say it's like there's so much about AI, even the writer strike has that element of it, right? But you can't, you know, you like these physical experiences you can't replace. It doesn't matter, you know, you could, in theory, you can generate so much you know, online media with AI and with all this generative AI stuff, but, but it's the in-person experiences, you know, can't be replicated, but, um, yeah. So I, I think that in-person experiences are, I agree with you. I think they're going to be continue to be, I mean, so I was going to ask, I guess, wh what do you see as the purpose of a haunted attraction? And it seems like a simple question, but it kind of, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I think a lot of people would think, well, um, to be scared, but I think, for me, the number one thing is I'm going to entertain people. Yeah. Um, and that's what you're doing. I mean, you're yeah. out there like. So I think of that 35-year-old male. How can I entertain him? Yeah. Um, and when he comes in and he sees the singing and the parade and we, man, it's like the midway. You can get funnel cakes and you can get food and hot dogs and go through and see all these attractions. With all these different attractions, these guys are even like the Stranger Things. We got. It was funny. I put Pee Wee Herman in the room, and then a week later he died. But we got these 80s things, and you got all these. I got these VHS tapes in there with old Predator and Platoon. And, man, I can remember when all the movies came out. So we're doing this nostalgia thing. So the older generation comes in. They're like, wow, I loved all the old stuff. And the kids are like, I love Stranger Things. So number one thing by far, entertain them, laughing, giggling, you know, yeah, of course, second. I hope we scare the hell out of them. But number one thing is to entertain them, and that'll keep them coming back. Yeah. Is that why you think that you stuck with it this whole time, is because of the love of entertaining people? 
Yeah, you know, for me, a lot of people, you know, I, I grew up in the South and was old Baptist kid, believe in Jesus, and uh, I didn't get to see a lot of horror movies when I was younger. I had to play catch-up. But for me, it's about building a show and and the love of building a show and what I can do with my hands. And and on a night like tonight, sit back, watch the people go through and go, wow, man, this is, it just makes me feel so good inside to know that I built this and to see these people laughing and giggling. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's about the build. It's not really necessarily about Halloween. It's about what I can build and taking 122 misfit kids, whether nowadays, and this is just being straight honest, whether it's a black kid or a homeless kid, we got a homeless kid this year working for us, um, white kids, all these Spanish people, transgender, gays, all coming together. And it's like, what's so amazing to me is that if the world could be like my haunted house here, we would all get along. We, we get along so good. We're family. It doesn't matter the color, the race, or the creed. We're all family. Mm -hmm. And when you stick these guys, it's like going to war. You know, I opened the show up with a battle cry. I'm like, we're going to war, and we're going to blow these people away. So this this bond of these family people, um, is, is and that's amazing, too, because... The people that I've met running this haunted house is it's amazing industry. Mm -hmm. um, just all the people I've met, all the kids that have acted for me. Had a girl come through tonight. I said, Rachel, my God, I hadn't seen you in five years. Where have you been? Worked for me for five years. She goes, Eddie, I got three kids now. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing to see these kids come back. But the building part of it and entertaining the people and the bonds I'm building with these these kids, these kids, whether they work here one year, 10 years, will never forget the year they worked at Woods of Terror. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing experience. Yeah. It really is a sentiment that I hear echoed a lot that yeah. listeners this year will hear from a lot of different owners. Um, I'm wondering, you know, I, I, we can tell you have the love of the entertainment and the show aspect. Wh why do you think you chose the haunted house route instead of like, you know, you could put on a rock show or, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you could, I could see, I could see you doing like doing a rock concert or something, like doing some other, like a, a summer festival, you know, like why, why the, the spooky Halloween thing? You know, I, you know, I, t I tell everybody, um, right out of high school, I had a buddy invited me to a haunted house. We went, mm -hmm. and man, I had a great time. And he said, man, I didn't make enough money doing this. I said, well, I'll do one. Let's make one together, and, we'll, and I'll pay you. Pay you $100. He said he made 40 I said, I'll pay you 100 I remember, man, I think it was 184 people at $2 in 1991. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my Lord. But, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, f I feel like some of that stuff was... You know, I said, I'm a Jesus guy. I think some of that stuff was guided, man. It was like, mm. for for me to be where I'm at, it, it w obviously I worked hard. And, you know, I tell people like, you can you only have to work half a day to be successful. It's the first 12 or the second 12. You know, it ain't, it ain't eight hours a day. But um, a lot of things have fallen into place that have led me here. And, yeah, I, you know, some days I look back and go, man, I could have been a rock star singer. Yeah. But... <laughs> I think, honestly, this is where I was supposed to be. And uh, in 2000, I was introduced to Transworld, mm -hmm. didn't know anything about it. I remember talking to Ben Armstrong like it was yesterday. <laughs> I said, what do you do for a living, Ben? And he goes, well, I do Halloween. And I'm like, I said, no, I'm, an, I'm a heating and air man. I do heating and air 40 hours a week. What do you do? And he goes, no, I do Halloween. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and uh, Lord, I think it was 2001, so I made up my mind. So in 2009... I think it was. I went full-time and been full-time ever since. Wow. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of younger people that listen to the show and yeah. they're like going through college and graduating. Um, and they're always asking like, how do I do this? So I'm curious, what would you tell them? Like, what would you tell 
maybe someone who's in high school or college yeah. that wants to do Halloween? Um, I would pick another career. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That's what I tell them. <laughs> I would pick another yeah. career. Well, because I, I, I always tell them, I'm like, look, it is harder than restaurants. Man, it is you know, Every time you open, you're losing money. The infrastructure, like, look, you have... I, I, can't even calculate how much you put into your show and you keep adding year after year. So it's like if you were to make a new one, essentially the competition would be places like you guys with yeah. 32 years of sets that are built in. And then every time you open, yes. it's, it, you know, I'm going to tell you, I, I, that is a, that is a, that's a stumper question right there. You're going to have to uh, lay out on a geographical map, whether it's go to Virginia and pick out no haunted houses in your three hours. That's the way you got to do it. But man, I'm going to be honest. I think that um, I would have to say probably, uh, I don't know the numbers, one out of 500,000 people can do this or one out of maybe five out of a million because this is. It's, t it's tough. I had some days I wanted to quit. Yeah. And um, I got my shirt on now. Haters going to hate because, boy, let me tell you, if you just have a little bit of success, somebody wants to beat you down and tell you, you can't do this, you can't do that. And um, it's been tough, man. I mean, I, I mean, I, my dad was up there 15 years ago, and he said, what are you doing today, Eddie? And I said, well, I'm working on the Woods of Terror. And he said, well, I don't know why you're doing that. It won't ever be nothing. You know, and that's the way a lot of people think. So you you got to be tough. And I tell you, I don't know. I, I honestly, I would say choose another career. I would say go work at a go work at a haunted house mm -hmm. and work there for two or three years and see if you think you can do it. Mm -hmm. But man, you got to be tough. You got to give up stuff. Man, I'm gonna tell you. I drive a 2004 excursion, and last year I went and ordered a. 19, you know, I ordered a 2023 Denali, brand new. It was loaded, and um, it came in, and I went and talked to my banker. I said, I'm going to pick up my truck, so I'll make sure my loan's going to go through for my business. And she said, I tell you, Ed, if you buy that truck, you won't get your loan. So I had to give up the truck, and I've done that all my life. And, mm -hmm. you know, even my stepson said to my wife, she goes, you know, Eddie bought a Bobcat two years ago, and he bought a Lyft three years ago, and he never buys anything for himself. And it's tough. You gotta, um, you gotta be willing to give up. And um, right now, I live in my old grandparents' house. I'm remodeling the house I grew up as a kid, but I've been remodeling that house for six, six or seven years because I've had to stop to put all my money and time and effort into Woods of Terror. Yeah. And um, it 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 has uh, probably the last three to four years it has started paying off. But I'm gonna tell you, for the first twenty years, I didn't take a dime of profit. Mm -hmm. I put it all back into my home. Uh, I, I can tell you this, in the last 30 years, I've only owned two vehicles, and one of them's a 2004. And that's what you got to give up. You got to be prepared to give up. Um, There's some other people doing it different ways. They take their profit, and they buy their nice houses, and they buy their cars, and they, their haunt's not as good. I've chose to do the different. I'm going to make my haunt the best I can. If I have to change a little bit, I'll drive an older car. Um, I am hoping to buy me a new car this year, mm -hmm. but, um, so I got, I got two new Bobcats and I got a, a lift, so I'm hoping I can buy me a truck, but it's a lot to give up, man. It's a personal yeah. sacrifice. And I, I mean, I'm going to tell you, um, I, I always make jokes. Um, my first wife left because I had a mistress and it was called Woods of Terror. Mm -hmm. 
And um, it's so, a joke. It's not yeah, a joke. It's, it, I mean, it's, yeah, it's you know, but it's, I worked 40 hours a week yeah. on my job, and I worked 40 hours a week on Woods of Terror for 12 years, and and my wife just didn't like it, I guess. Um, and it was crazy. She met me. I had to haunt, mm -hmm. but I guess she saw what that I would always love love the haunt and spend the money on the haunt. Maybe she wouldn't have a biggest house if she wanted to, but a big house doesn't make me happy. So, yeah. but I live on my family farm. That was the goal to, um, it had been sold off in pieces and I've only got 10 acres left to buy back. So I'll have 60 when I get done, but very slowly I've meth methodically bought each piece of property back and each house back. And it's, it's been an amazing road. I wouldn't trade it for anything, but it is a very tough road to hoe. And so if you're thinking about this career, like I said, you better go practice somewhere a couple of years and make a decision. I honestly think that you could go somewhere and be a actor coordinator, a team leader and make more money and be happier because this will consume your life. And you know, I'm all in or nothing. And, um, I tell people here, we're going to do it right. We ain't going to do it. And I do a lot of attention to detail, a little hundreds of things that other homeowners. So I can say this, there was three haunted houses that used to be around me. They all spun off when I opened and they didn't pay attention to the little things and the details. And they all closed within six or seven years and they're all gone. But you have to pay to the little attention to details. But I sincerely think you could go somewhere and I know you're going to hush but man, you could get involved with Hush or maybe being down at Netherworld or mm -hmm. Field of Screams in Pennsylvania, man, get yeah. involved with those guys. You could be a team leader, a manager, and you'd be happier and make more money. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I, that's, I think that's exactly what I tell people usually, yeah. you know, it, it's like, it's like, um, I used to teach uh, theater, you know, and the kids would always say like, I want to be on Broadway. And, and I was like, look, you will make it if you anyone can do anything if they sacrifice everything else yeah. for that one thing yeah that's what i did yeah and i mean it's it, you know it, it, it's i kind of like you have to want you have to need it like you need air yeah or it's probably not going to work yeah. <laughs> because it's not it's just not it's just not yeah yeah owning owning woods of terror is there's probably two things in life I love my wife being with her and man owning the woods of terror and that's what I live for. So I get up, I do it every day. You probably work. I probably work on average 12 hours a day. And if you factor that out, I probably get paid, you know, 10 bucks, 11 bucks an hour, Yeah. but it's the love of it. And of course, living on my family farm and, yeah. and, and that's, that's a big part of it. Yeah. But, um, you gotta be willing to give up, like you said, everything. And, you know, for me, I had to give up, um, but it worked out. I gave up my first wife never intended that. I really hated that that happened, but, Things are better now, and you know, 32 years later, we're getting ready to have our biggest season. Um, the numbers are going already through the roof for what we normally do, and uh, so I think we're having an amazing year. And um, I, you know, I'm just letting everybody know. So I own uh, 50 acres now. I'm leasing 10. Hope to buy that in a couple of years, but I have 17 more years on that lease. So. I'm hoping we're going past that 17. And people ask me, "What? Where's my exit strategy?" I ain't made one. I'm just gonna keep. I'm gonna keep rocking it until I can't. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> as long as I don't go bald and rock my mohawk, <laughs> I think I'm all right. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I think that's a perfect place to end. All right, man. All right. Well, in. thanks for coming out. 
Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope and original music composed by Chris Thomas. We're counting down to Halloween with daily podcasts, videos, and events in our 61-day Hauntathon. Follow along at the link in our show notes. Our Hauntathon is made possible through generous support from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com demo. That's gantam.com demo. Our Hauntathon team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Omni Adventures. And our content partners for this year include Attractions Magazine, Creepy Kingdom, Freaks of HHN, Haunt Topic Radio, Kevin Heimbach, Muse TV, Omni Adventures, Scare Track, Sharp Productions, That Halloween Podcast, The Horror of Being Emily, The Scare Factor, and This Weekend with Nick Pagliocchini. The best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along to our Hauntathon, sign up for our weekly newsletter at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. We'll catch you back here tomorrow and every day until Halloween. Until next time, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.